I don't know what to do with this. But we'll see what we can do with it. Well, it's good to be back. I, I met uh, a few of you guys. Uh, I think it's been two years. I can't believe time has gone by, by that quickly. But uh, I was at a retreat with you. I got to meet uh, many of you, and we had a great time together. And I'm so glad to be back here. I remember standing in this space when it wasn't finished, you know. Uh, So anyway, I bring big love from Brooklyn. And uh, my wife, Char, and I, um, you know, we've we've journeyed um, with Jesus for almost, together, for almost 50 years. Yeah. I'm giving away my, my age. I was 10 years old when I, uh, no. <laughs> not quite, I was a little older than that. But um, it's been a wonderful journey uh, with Jesus. Uh, I, <clears throat> you guys all know Forrest Gump, right? Yeah. I look at our journey, I call it a gumpish journey. Forrest was just this, Rather simple guy that just lived this charmed life, right? He was in the right place at the right time with the right people. I mean, amazing, right? He, he taught Elvis how to shimmy. He invented the happy face. What, what's, what more can you ask of life, you know? But anyway, I, when I think of Forrest, I think of that's kind of like the charmed uh, pilgrimage that, that uh, my wife and I have been on. We've just been in the right places at the right times with the right people, experiencing some of the most wonderful, wonderful things as we've journeyed. And there weren't always the greatest things, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. But you know what? We got almost five decades, and we can say, you know what? It's been worth every second. And we've learned some big lessons. And so I decided... Um, uh, a little while ago, to write about it, this because I feel like um, uh, the lessons apply to us all. See, there's something to be learned for all everyone that wants to last and end up to be able to say, "I've had a great life," even though there was bumps and bruises, disappointments, ugliness, and failure sprinkled in. Been a good life, and so I wrote about it, and I. Uh, it's called How I Got There, The Tale of a Spiritual Pilgrimage, My Gumpish Story. And uh, um, they're available out in the lobby. They're 10 bucks, And it's also on Amazon and on Kindle and stuff. So, if you are, so I just brought some. Um, the people that have read it, I've gotten a lot of good feedback, but the most uh, the good feedback I got was people that are either in recovery, struggling with Christians, in recovery, still struggling, hanging in there, and people that have loved ones that are in recovery. It gives them a lot of hope. So you might want to pick one up, okay? All right. That was great worship. We should just go right back into worship, I think. Uh, Yeah, that was wonderful. I'm trying to get my... Here we go. Let me ask a question. Start off with a question. Can you be too religious for your own good? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Don't be ashamed. Yeah, we all know people, you know, who seem to be so religious that they're impossible to be around. You know, devoted, obedient, sincere, and absolutely unbearable. <laughs> you know? But you see, following Christ is not about that. It, becoming Christian is about something much more robust, more joyful, and life giving. And that's something more, is what I want to talk about this morning. 
Okay? I was raised a Roman Catholic. The Italian, you got to be Catholic, I guess. I don't know. I was <clears throat> raised in the Bronx. Uh, and um, later on in life, though, I met Christ in a drug program called Teen Challenge. Some of you might have heard of that place, uh, which was a Pentecostal ministry. See? Uh, I couldn't have two more opposite spiritual influences shape my life. See? So years later, now as a young pastor in Brooklyn, uh, I went through what you might call an identity crisis, see? Being an ex-Catholic and now part of a Pentecostal ministry made me feel like something like young David in Saul's armor. Remember, Saul was this big guy. You know, his armor was big and heavy. and You know, uh, it worked for him, but it didn't work for, for David, right? Uh, and, you know, I loved the people that I worked with. Uh, I spoke in tongues like a Pentecostal. But Pentecostalism didn't fit me. It was too heavy, too awkward for me. See? Um, bulky. I wasn't good at the strict piety. And I didn't like the hype and the flash that was expected of me as a leader. I couldn't be that way. See? I needed something, uh, you might want to call it an earthier spirituality. You know, uh, something simpler, more honest, coherent, and easygoing. Uh, I was, you know, you might say that I was just this uncomfortable square peg in a round religious hole. And it made me secretly on the inside very unhappy. See? Maybe you've gone through or are going through a similar sort of experience. <coughs> you see, I had a, a theology and a language for the things of the spirit, you know, spiritual gifts, miracles, but I had no practice of them because the Pentecostal packaging had turned me off. So what I did was basically throw the baby out with the bathwater and became a, a closet cynic, questioning everything, doubting everything, inspecting everything. Okay. Now, I was well aware of what I had been taught by my spiritual leaders, but the question for me became what beliefs and what practices would I personally own for myself? So I looked for a, a, a model of Christian spirituality you know, uh, that fit me, but unfortunately, I couldn't find one. That is until I met uh, a man named John Wimber, who became <clears throat> the founder of the Vineyard Movement. Uh, we became friends, and he had a tremendous influence on my life. Um, Wimber modeled for me a way of living the Christian life and doing ministry that removed uh, the weirdness and the hype. He made ministry of the Spirit sensible and helpful. He modeled for me a spirituality that was both powerful yet at the same time normal. He was naturally supernatural. The same person during dinner time that he was during ministry time, praying for people. See? And what, you know, 
This freed me to be myself. See? And that was huge. See? It opened up new possibilities. For me as a, as a believer and as a leader. And it put back, uh, uh, it put back life into you know, my walk with Jesus and the ministry. Now, naturally, supernatural is a big deal. And um, it's unlocked Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit-empowered ministry for countless Christians around the world who were jittery and cynical about the Holy Spirit like I was. The concept that you can be a relatively normal person and still be used by God has helped countless believers discover uh, and operate in their, um, their spiritual gifts. Opening up ministry for multitudes of everyday ordinary believers simply because they've learned to follow the Spirit and do the things Jesus did and still be themselves. But there was more. I came to recognize that being naturally a supernatural person was bigger than all of that. It enabled me, hold on to your seats now. It enabled me to become more human. Now, I know that for some, that sounds shocking, but read the Bible. You see, separated from God, we become less and less human the way God originally intended us to be human. Fully human, the way Adam must have been before the fall. You know, I read something years ago, C.S. Lewis <coughs> uh, commented, he said, if the pre-fall Adam were to walk into one of our Sunday services, we'd fall down and worship him because he was so glorious, so wonderful. He was the, the, the crown jewel of creation. That should make you feel like you should be smiling right now. See, the problem then isn't that we're not, you know, as human beings. The problem isn't that we're not religious enough the problem is that we're not nearly human enough. Human the way God originally ten intended us to be. See? And that brings me to Jesus. See? Although Jesus was divine, he was fully human at the same time. See? Paul actually called him in Corinthians the second Adam. See? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. <clears throat> Fully human flesh. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus had a fully human body, a fully human mind, a fully human, he had fully human feelings and a fully human will. He was in every respect, physically, in the heart, the mind, the will, in every respect like us, except without sin. That's why the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, since the children have flesh and blood, we humans. He too shared in our humanity 
so that by his death we might break, <coughs> he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus became the fully perfected human, a prototype, if you will, of a new humanity so that we could be like him and live fully, naturally, supernatural lives here and now by the same power that he did, the indwelling Holy Spirit. There's this fourth century theologian. His name was Athanasius. He was a champion of the Holy Spirit at a time where uh, the, uh, there were those that were questioning the deity of the Holy Spirit. See? And he was, a, like I said, a champion of the Spirit. And he had the, 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 a name for the Holy Spirit that I just, it just opened up so much for me. He called the Holy Spirit the rehumanizing spirit. Describing the work that he's doing inside of us, even at the moment. See? Jesus was powerfully indwelt by the Spirit of God. Everything he did, everything, his birth, his teaching, his miracles, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, everything he did was by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he said in his first public ser uh, sermon, in order for me to, and then he described his ministry. And here's the good news. Now, as risen Lord, seated at the right hand of the Father, in the place of authority, ultimate authority, he's able to pour out that same life-giving spirit on all who belong to him. The spirit, that same spirit who gave life to Jesus and empowered his, unite, his humanity unites us to his fully transformed humanity. That's a mouthful. In other words, <clears throat> I'm not becoming less human and more religious. I'm becoming more fully human, uh, a more fully human human being <laughs> the way God originally intended me to be. Fully human the way Jesus was fully human. And as this transformation continues, little by little, one foot in front of the next, bit by bit, I take on and reflect more and more of the naturally supernatural image of Christ. Where you get that from, Mike? It's in the Bible. Listen, this is Paul. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed, transformed into his glorious, fully human Humanity. You've heard of Arrhenius? You know, he was a great second century church father. He said this, the glory of God is a fully alive human being. I grew up 
in a, in a, uh, a church, you know, as a Catholic, where everything about humanity was bad. <laughs> everything about this earth was bad. And then I went to, I, I, I got involved with Pentecostals, and in their own way, everything was bad. Everything, we escape everything, you know, because it's going to get destroyed anyway. And I found out that God loves this world, and he loves us. He loves people. He doesn't want to destroy people. He wants to resurrect people. He wants to resurrect this world and make it fully what it was supposed to be. I breathe easy with that thought. And I could put up with a lot of questions that I don't understand. Why, why, why? Why then is there? Why is that happening? Why? No. No. Okay, I got to put it on the shelf. God is good. And he loves people. He loves me. And, he want, and this, this life, not the life to come, but the life now counts. Becoming a naturally supernatural person gives us a down-to-earth, honest, robust, life-giving spirituality. A Christ-centered, spirit-controlled lifestyle See? That, that gives our ordinary, everyday life, everything you do, who you are, what you do, eternal significance. See? Living your human life the way Jesus lived his human life, naturally supernatural. Partnering with God and bringing in his kingdom now. Making the world around you, your neighborhood, your family, your co-workers, your workplace. You know, wherever you hang out, a little bit better place. Because you're there, the Holy Spirit's there. Helping you live differently, more fully human for all to see. Giving hope, not despair, not anxiety, but hope. Because they see the way you live differently, fully human. Well, more fully human. You want to live a, a, a more fully alive human, naturally supernatural life that pleases and glorifies God? I, I do. <coughs> well, you can. You can. But it's going to take some effort and cooperation on your part. The decision becomes yours, how you want to live. The Lord said to the children of Israel, see, I set before you a decision. See, I set before you today life, prosperity, robust living, and death and destruction. For I command to you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and keep his commands, decrees, and his laws. Then you will live and increase. You will become more fully human. You won't be slaves anymore. And, you, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. You can choose. You can choose to exercise the dehumanizing habits of death that make you less and less human. Or you can choose habits Life-giving habits. You know, you can, the, 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 the habits of, of, of that we're born into, so to speak, the habits of death, they're like self-centeredness, self-indulgence, self-sufficiency, self-righteousness, self-conceit. 
Or you can choose to cultivate new habits. New habits of life. New habits of a new humanity. Habits of full humanity by choosing love. Choosing to forgive. Choosing to obey. Choosing to be generous. Choosing to serve. Choosing to pursue justice, peace, and the well-being of others. Not just your own. And as you choose to cooperate with the rehumanizing spirit, you become more fully human. So ask yourself, am I becoming a more fully, naturally, supernatural human being like Jesus, or am I just becoming more religious? Have you grown, oh, gradually, it, it kind of sneaks up on you. Have you grown spiritually lethargic, weary? Just, you find yourself going through the motions. Your heart's not in it. This might be a symptom of a deeper malady. Perhaps the rehumanizing work of the spirit that's in you is somehow being hampered, resisted. Without you even knowing it, you're becoming more religious. Religion looks like a lot of different things. You don't have to light candles. Go into a big cathedral. It's what we give our life to. And perhaps you're becoming more religious, trying to find life. Whatever you find life in, that's your religion. Okay? Whatever you, you, you know, trying to find life, happiness, security. Good things by anxiously, compulsively, religiously allowing other forces that are at work in society now, in this world, to control and manage your life for you. Squeezing you into a life-draining, dehumanizing mold conformity to the powers of this world, the powers behind the powers. Powers, forces, your emotions, just your natural human emotions of fear, anxiety, anger, upsetness, disappointment. They're powerful. You could be controlled by the, the current social-political climate. You could be Controlled by social media. You could be controlled you know, the by the anxiety of the, just the, the anxiety of the uncertainness and the, and the uh, uh, disappointments that go along with life. You could allow that. Become your religion. Be controlled by that. And what happens is the work of the rehumanizing work of the spirit gets quenched, resisted, the question becomes, you, here, you have the Holy Spirit, the renew, rehumanizing Spirit living in you, but does He have you? Is He in the driver's seat of your life? Or are you? Is He the boss? Does He have the final word? Do you believe Him? That he has everything under control, no matter what it looks like. Okay. 
Are you living a self-directed life or a spirit-directed life? A spirit-controlled life? Because that's the only way this rehumanizing business works. <laughs> only the Holy Spirit can transform you and make you a naturally supernatural, more fully human human. He has to be in charge. He has to be trusted. Some of us are trusting our understanding more than we understand uh, the, the wisdom of God that is beyond. Don't try to figure me out, he said. Don't try to figure me out. It's futile. My ways are not your ways. Trust me. He's not asking us to understand him. He's asking us to trust him. Plain and simple. He's not, you know, and here's the thing. He's not, see this decision that is laid before us? It's all ours. He's not going to force it on you. He will not, he will not force that deci the decision on you. You know, because he's looking, he's not looking for robots. He's looking for cooperative friends who will trust him, trust him enough to lead and empower their everyday lives in an uncertain world, an unfair world, where lots of things go wrong all the time, has been, ever, from, ever, ever since chapter 3 of Genesis. It's up to you. The ball's in your court on this. So let's stand. <coughs> you know, we have this, this Holy Spirit prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Do we actually even know what we're asking for when we sing those words or we pray them? Most of us don't. See? See that is actually a prayer a request or a statement, that better, of surrender. Come, take control. I'm giving you more, more room in my life to rehumanize me, to have your way. Come, Holy Spirit. See, in order to be filled, we have to be empty of something. You don't get more of him. He gets more of you. Be careful when you pray. Come, Holy Spirit. You might get what you, you're actually asking for. And then you say, ooh, it's uncomfortable. Oh, man, ooh. Because he's rehumanizing you. There's change. Change is not easy. That's okay. Right? But he's, it's the only way. Give him room right now. Give him space to rehumanize and empower your life so that you can live differently in a world that is constantly trying to squeeze us into its dehumanizing mold. Okay? And I believe as we pray right now, there's a big yes going off in a lot of your hearts. You're seeing something a little differently. Maybe you're seeing yourself and the work that God is doing in you. And you're saying, yeah, I want to live that way. I want to live like Jesus lived. Not under the best conditions by no means, right? But yet he thrived. He rose above. A new way of being human. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And I believe that if you'll just, you know, as best you can, let him have more room in your life to really make his home, not just be a renter or a visitor here in, on Sundays, but actually make a home in you. Like he has rights to the refrigerator and everything. You know, he could look around in your closets and check things out. That's what I'm talking about. 
If you can just say, yeah, I'm going I'm to try to live that way. Watch what starts to happen. Watch the peace of God that you will experience in the midst of a chaotic time. Watch. Watch the hope that will well up inside you that you know that you know there's something better coming. Watch the disappointment lift, the anxiety ease. Come, Holy Spirit. Come now. In the name of Jesus, rehumanize us. Continue to make us like Jesus, more fully human. Come, Holy Spirit. This is not easy for us. We're used to being in control, wanting answers now. Help us to trust. Help us to let go and let you be God in our lives. More, Lord. And you sang a song earlier about stepping into the waters. And it reminded me of something, because that's what's happening right now. Remember who stepped into the water? Jesus at the Jordan at a time that I believe was very anxiety, you know, could be distressful. He's about to step into the unknown of his ministry. It's about to begin. And he needs to be secured. He needs to be encouraged. Remember, he was fully human. He needs the big hug. The embrace that the Holy Spirit brings of the Father. And many of you right now need that big hug. That's what you need to feel. That's what you need to know. The big hug. That you're in good hands. And the Spirit came upon Jesus. And he heard a voice of encouragement. He felt the touch, the big hug. And he was off and running. Come now, Holy Spirit, as we stand in the Jordan of your presence. We need more than ever your big hug of hope, encouragement, of peace. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us in Jesus' name. more, Lord. Now, some of you are experiencing that hug in different ways. We're not all wired the same, but differently. Some of you feel an emotion right now, a peace. Some of you feel physical, like a heat, uh, just a presence resting on you, like a blanket. That's it. It's not all up here. In your mind, you're experiencing the felt presence, the big hug. Embrace that right now. Let it happen. Come. Let the breath of Jesus just breathe on you. Now, <clears throat> the Lord has been speaking things. I know there was a couple that I've been praying before. This, uh, are there, do you have a word for it? Come on up. <clears throat> so the uh, prayer team was praying before the service today, and we just had a couple things come up. We just asked God to speak to us and share. And we had this kind of picture of a picnic blanket come to mind and we felt like God was saying this is an open space God's inviting us to bring whatever we want to this kind of picnic feast whether that's you know 
whatever thoughts and feelings you bring today, whatever you're going through, God's just inviting you to come join with them, join with us. And everyone is welcome here. There's no exclusion. You're welcome to join. We kind of pictured him with this picnic basket. He's sitting down and saying, you know, I have so much more for you than you see right now. And you're welcome. You're welcome to come and you're welcome to partake. We also had the word uh, tension come to mind. We felt like you might be bringing some tension with you this morning. You might uh, feel some tension allowing the Holy Spirit into your life and, and allowing him to take control, but he welcomes that. It's all part of the journey. So feel free to acknowledge it and welcome into that time. If you feel a tension with you now or with your circumstances this morning, he just loves you and wants to walk through it with you. And it's just an invitation right now. The last thing was uh, healing came to mind. And that could be so many things. You could be physically in need of healing. You could emotionally, maybe it's a relationship. There's so many ways that God wants to move in your life and heal you. So if there's any pain you're experiencing this morning, if it's emotional, relational, please feel free to take it to God. And... Uh, I'll be available in the prayer alcove or around, and Emily's also available. If you'd like to come receive prayer, or pray with us. If you're just having a hard time pressing through and receiving the Holy Spirit, we just want to pray with you. We just want to walk through that with you. We got the sense that community, that, that word kind of came to mind with the picnic blanket vision that God brought us into this community for a reason. And if you're having trouble inviting him, he wants you to do it. He wants you to just reach out and feel free to reach out to the prayer team or, or friends or family and just feel free to walk through it in community, not just alone. So, thank you. Okay, before we, we close, because the Holy Spirit, I can see with my eyes. I, I, I wish I had time to. I don't have a good language for this stuff. When the Holy Spirit shows up, you know, I try to, I, all I have is human terminology that doesn't do the trick, but you can see the peace of God, the presence of, of God, the hopefulness. You can see faith just by, as people are standing, I can see. And, and so those of you that are, whatever this means, experiencing the presence of God right now in your way, I'm going to invite you to to be vulnerable, and just, just for the next few minutes, and then we're going to, I promise you, I'm not going to belabor this thing. I just know that there's grace here. His presence is here in a, in a, when we're together, it's different than when we're just by ourselves. There's opportunities, like, like the young lady was saying just now, for things to happen for us, and I don't want to, I don't want to pass that, pass us by, okay? You've heard the word, it's, a, it's an encouraging word. Now, you can respond by embracing whatever the Holy Spirit is bringing up and doing. So here's what. If you're experiencing, I just want you to quiet yourself. You can continue to play and serenade us. I want you to take your hands out of your pockets or do, and just get like a little child. Just you know, My grandkids, they know how to do this. They call me Bop. When I see that, I cannot hold anything back. That they're saying something. Bob, love you. I'm, I'm, I, I trust you. You have Abba. And he gives his Holy Spirit the big hug. So I'm just going to ask you just for the next few minutes, okay? I want you to connect. I want you to listen to that voice of encouragement that wants you to be more, more fully human. To, to, to experience a more robust life than you're even experiencing now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come. Hold us. Embrace us. Speak. Touch. Heal. 
forgive. Deliver. Give hope. Save. Heal. Provide. This is the beautiful part right here. Are we going to close? Brad, is there anything that you need to add? We're going to close. If you would like prayer, right? Just come on. You might want more prayer. It's a good place to get prayer. Okay. God bless. Become more human, like Jesus. Amen. We're going to wrap up our service. Um, going back to that first song we started with. take us out so before I spoke a word you were singing over me you've been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me You've been so, so kind to me. Shadow you won't light up, a mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow.
Let this be our benediction for today. There's no shadow you won't light up, Jesus. No mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after us. Amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing this time together. Um, if you're a member, don't go anywhere. In a short order, uh, we're going to start a members meeting. And we're going to keep it very quick. Uh, and uh, also, if you are a member, uh, you need to sign in and get your ballot because we're voting on a few things today. So I'm going to nominate Jim, who has all the stuff. See? Nope. Who has all the stuff? Oh, he's saying yes, but I'll be at the room. Jim will be right up here. Go ahead and sign in, get your ballot, and as soon as we can, we're going to kick that meeting off. Okay. <laughs>